Thank you very much. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah fi sarra. Alhamdulillah fi darra. Alhamdulillah hin al bas. Alhamdulillah awalan wa akhira. Alhamdulillah fi al ula wa fi al akhira. Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Ya muqallib al qulub. Thabbit qulubana ala dinik. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah. إن تنصر الله ينصركم ويثبت أقدامكم وهو القاهر فوق عباده ويمكرون ويمكر الله والله خير الماكرين وأشهد أن سيدنا ورسولنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله ولقد نعلم أنك يضيق صدرك بما يقولون فسبح بحمد ربك وكن من الساجدين واعبد ربك حتى يأتيك اليقين من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فإن الله على كل شيء قدير أما بعد Dear committed brothers and sisters on Al-Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. There's a couple of ayat in the nature of these developments that have been taking place recently. There's a couple of ayat that soothe the heart and relax the temper and show the way. The first ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الذين إذا أصابتهم مصيبة قالوا إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون 
أولئك عليهم صلوات من ربهم ورحمة وأولئك هم المهتدون This ayah tells us Allah in his inimitable words says that indeed we are going to be subjected to some very hard trying times and issues those who are familiar with the construct of the language the verb neblu has two emphasizers on it the lam before it and the noon after it so people who live in life thinking that they are not going to be affected by the challenges in life and they read the Quran some read the Quran they read this ayah and they pass along as if it doesn't relate to reality so when times like this when we go through the types of impediments and obstacles and challenges that we are going through one of the first things that should be repeated in our thinking minds is the meanings of this ayah wala nabluwannakum and then listen to the wording of the ayah allah most exalted be he says bi shay'in min al-khawf with a measure with a semblance of khawf khawf is fear wala nabluwannakum bi shay'in min allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say wala nabluwannakum bil khawf and we are going to put you to test with fear by fear no he says bi shay'in min al khawf with a proportion of khawf there are people who are obsessed they feel fear all the time and this is not in the spirit of our character if we are quranic muslims if we are divine muslims if we are prophetic muslims we know that anytime this issue of fear comes along it is a passing issue and some people they exhaust themselves before something fearful happens before it happens they begin to fear what are you fear what's this fear about nothing has happened okay there's a danger coming next week next month next year why are you fearing before the event even happens there are two quranic words i think 
two words that maybe you're familiar with, maybe you're not, I don't know. One of them is chauf, fear. The other one is ram. And some people, they just combine the two and make it feel like, make it seem like they are the same words. No. Fear is, you are afraid of something you know. But ram is when you are afraid of something you do not know. And you've you've read and you've repeated and you've listened to, I don't know, who knows how many times. Allah says, لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. How many times? Has this occurred in your reading of the Quran? Many times. Allah described one of the ayat. The awliya of Allah, there's no fear on them. They have no fear in them. Walahum yahzanun. Al Huzin has to do with the past, and fear has to do with the future. The immediate future or the distant future, the immediate past or the distant past. So Allah's people, people belonging to Allah, لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. Another ayah beginning of the Khutu said we there's two ayat that I guess immediately come to mind. Ya ayuhalladina amanu istainu bis sabri was salah inna allaha ma'as sabirin. The ayah begins by Ya ayuhalladina amanu. Allah is calling on alladina amanu. And Allah calls on different segments of mankind in the Quran. He says, Ya Bani Adam, Ya Ayyuhan Nas, Ya Ayyuhan Rasul, Ya Ayyuhan Kafirun. When Allah says, Ya Ayyuhan Ladina Amanu, in the overwhelming ayat in the Quran, what is going to follow is some responsibility. Allah is expecting from al-ladhina amanu to behave in a certain manner. There's some type of assignment that is to follow. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu. So Allah doesn't give this assignment to those who are before iman. Allah never says, to anas to fast. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu kutiba alaykum as an example. 
He didn't say, Ya ayyuhal nas, kutiba alaykumus siyam. It is this rank of iman that makes us responsible for certain obligations. So in this ayah, Allah is saying, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu ista'inu bil-sabri wa-salah. Ask help by sabr and by salah. All of us, we pray. And in our Fatiha, we say, Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'een. It is you, Allah, who we comply with or conform to and it is you who we ask for help and assistance iyyaka na'bud wa iyyaka nasta'in in this ayah ista'inu bis-sabr ask yourself if you are reading the fatiha every day many times you don't say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawm Al-Deen Nasta'inu Na'abudu Na'abudu Allaha Wa nasta'inu bil-sabr We say Iyaka na'bud Wa iyaka nasta'in The other ayah Allah is telling us to seek help by patience, not to seek help by him. This is the equivalent of what we mentioned in the previous khutbah, I guess it was last week or the week before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in one ayah, ittaqullah, protect yourself, against Allah. In another ayah he says, ittaqu nar protect yourself against the fire. Guard yourself. Have a shield between you and Allah's justice. And Allah's justice requires the penalty of the fire. So we understand now how we can combine ittaqullah and ittaqunar. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying ista'inu bil-sabr and then in the other ayah we are asking Allah himself for i'ana which means nasta'inu billah wa nasta'inu bil-sabr because part of Allah's mercy is this sabr. That, you know, some of us just don't have it. Unfortunately, even though Allah is educating us with his words and with his guidance. Now, <clears throat> we'll try to distill these meanings to make it easier to understand.
a person comes, an average person like you and me, he approaches one of Allah's awliya. أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ And he asks him, am I... They know each other. These two individuals know each other. So the person with the question asks the wali. He asks him and he says, Am I from the people of this world or am I from the people of Al-Akhirah? Where do I belong? I want to know where I, who I am, where, which people I belong to, the people of dunya or the people of Akhirah. And then the answer came that Allah's mercy is such that it is not up to one individual to judge another individual. In other words, I'm explaining what he's saying. You're coming to me to ask me to define you. In, with Allah's mercy, because of Allah's mercy, the definition of you belongs to you, it doesn't belong to me. A person is his best judge. No one can judge you better than you can judge yourself. No one can understand you better than you can understand yourself. An ayah in the Qur'an that reinforces this meaning, this wise man didn't say this, I'm interjecting here to explain this. بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرًا insan, you and me, have a basira, an insight into our own selves, better than anyone else. And this person goes on, the, the, the wise man, the wali, the scholar, the arif. He goes on and he says, You, the person who asked the question, he, the, the scholar is telling him, You, you can cheat people. You can maybe trick other individuals but can you cheat yourself can you trick yourself and the person now is entering an area that he never thought of before that's right I can probably deceive some fool someone else but I can't fool myself Therefore, it is up to you to understand whether you are 
the element you were, you belong to the people of a dunya or you belong to the people of al akhirah now let me give you something that will help you understand who you are i don't understand who you are only you have what is necessary to understand who you are if a person comes to you and he asks you for something how would you feel towards that person another person the following day comes to you to give you something how would you feel towards that second person who gave you something he's helping him out understanding his own self there's a pause silence to give you time to review your own self how do you feel this is when you can go deep down inside your own self measure who you are have a f- internal feeling for who you are it's human nature all of us have this human nature that if someone gives us something we are happy if someone takes away something from us we don't feel good about it that's part of this nafs al-ammara a nafs that is possessive it wants we we speak in many of our khutbas about the ultimate in this which is power and wealth that's the ultimate of what you want to gain so after this silence you go inside yourself you go into your heart you go into your thoughts and you feel out your own self so the sage the wali he tells the inquirer he tells the person if you feel comfortable with a person giving you something providing you with something whatever that thing is it could be a prize it could be a check it could be whatever it is if you feel satisfied and comfortable and relaxed and happy with that you belong to the people of the world when a person comes to you and asks you for something and you give him whatever that is 
It doesn't matter. A small amount, a large amount, it doesn't matter. You give of what you have. And you feel happy about that. You are comfortable with that. Then you belong to the people of Al-Akhirah. Now, if Allah comes asking you, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اشْتَرَى مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ بِأَنَّ لَهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ Allah has made a trade agreement with people that He will buy from them their lives and their possessions and he will give them al-jannah what is more precious to give than someone's life and someone's belongings what is there that you can give that is more valuable than that indeed if you give that then you are from the people of Al-Akhirah. That's who, where you belong. That's where your heart and yourself always were located. Even though your body is in this world, this we are. Physically, we are here in a dunya. No one's, this person who asks the sage, he's not asking him, where does my body belong? He's asking him, where does my life belong? Where does my eternity belong? And he helped him out. He gave him the answer. What do we say about a person who has given his life to Allah? He didn't give something simple. And how is the reception of Allah for those who have given what they have for him? the ultimate being one's life. I will repeat these two ayat in which the this type of character belongs. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الذين إذا أصابتهم مصيبة قالوا إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون أولئك عليهم صلوات من ربهم ورحمة وأولئك هم المهتدون and the other ayah يا أيها الذين آمنوا استعينوا بالصبر Sabr is your capacity, your incapacity to do what has to be done. That's when a sabr fills in. Istainu bis-sabri was-salah inna Allah ma'as-sabirin. And the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him in this context. The hadith says, 
حفت الجنة بالمكاره وحفت النار بالشهوات Jannah is laced, is surrounded with things you really don't like to do. And the fire is laced or surrounded with things that you love to do. You, meaning your physical body what your physical body wants. أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ دُعُوهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَأَنْتُمْ عَلَى يَقِينٍ بِالْإِجَابَةِ وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَّابٌ رَحِيمٌ الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى وأولي التقى Dear committed brothers and dear committed sisters أيها المؤمنون أيها المؤمنات أيتها المؤمنات الله سبحانه وتعالى has blessed us with having the required perseverance with the the evil out of Arabia when the Prophet of Allah may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his spoke highly of Asham and Al-Yaman Allahumma barik lana fi shamina Allahumma barik lana fi yamanina And he repeated that And those who are listening asked Well how about our Najd? And he was silent And they persisted They wanted to know How about our Najd? He said, out of Najd will appear the generation of Satan. Minha yakhruju qarnu shaytan. And if we've been fortified with this divine guiding patience towards that generation of a shaytan, One of these patients requiring developments, we've been following in previous khutbas some of the judicial decisions concerning the detainees and the prisoners in that kingdom. In the past few days, a prominent scholar, Salman al-Awda, has gone on what you may call abstinence from meeting even with his own relatives and other people. 
you know, there are prison visits. You can visit a prisoner. He said, I don't want to see anyone. That is because he had prepared his own defense, writing his own defense on his own papers. And then these wardens in the prison, they came and they dispossessed him of his own defense, of his own papers. And as a gesture of objection, he doesn't want to see anyone. The last we heard, he was supposed to appear in court towards the end of November. What we heard recently, it's been postponed until the end of January. I guess it's the 30th of January. This keeps on repeating itself. And the Muslims, they want to have good relations with Saudi Arabia. Some, not all Muslims obviously, but some. They want to have not only Muslims, some committed Muslims. They want to have good relations with Saudi Arabia. The past few days, that Saudi satanic regime said that it has apprehended a terrorist in the one of the cities in the eastern part of that land called Al-Qatif. A dangerous terrorist, they say. Then the Saudi ministers have a meeting and in that meeting they call on the international community to guarantee the stability of the area brothers and sisters after all of these years anyone anywhere who has any confidence in that ghost called the international community. They're not living in the real world. We remember Yasser Arafat. Every time he was in a crisis or in a tight spot, he would yell out saying the international community and international law and international this and international that. And we're, being, we're still being fed that same rhetoric and that same cop-out and that same excuse. And then the uh, ex-ambassador of that kingdom to Washington, he was here this week. He flew in. That's the same ambassador who on his watch, one of his countrymen was chopped to death in their diplomatic mission, their consulate in Istanbul. Well, this guy comes to this country, no one's speaking about apprehending him for being an accessory to an international crime that they have tried to whitewash away. And he meets with the Secretary of State. And what do they tell us? They're discussing 
peace and stability in the area, meaning in the Persian Gulf, the Arabian Gulf, the Arabian Peninsula, in that general geography, they're discussing peace and stability. I mean, who do they th- we do they think we have not grown up? We are still babies. They're discussing peace and st- they're, they're they're discussing the aftermath of this extrajudicial assassination that they have been trying for some time now, and they finally executed it. Then we have Saudi Arabia now, you know, on the eastern part of that kingdom from hell, they have the GCC, the Gulf Cooperation Council, made up of Saudi Arabia and Kuwait, United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Oman, Bahrain. Now, on their western flank, on the Red Sea, they are proposing another council to be made up of eight nation-states. Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Yemen, Egypt, Sudan, Somalia, Djibouti, and Eritrea. This is not their plan. This is not their strategy. This is something that they are told to do. In this past week, ballistic missiles were fired from Yemen into that troublemaking kingdom that has poisoned the Muslims from one side of the world to the other. Just in the past 24 hours, Spain said that it has uncovered the most serious financial crime in its history. They found that some weapons dealers in Spain were paid, I guess it was in the past eight or ten years, over 100 million euros as bribes by the Saudis. Included among them was the Saudi military attaché in Spain. And these people, these Saudis, they want the Muslims to believe there's something holy about them. There is something hellish about them, not holy. And then, due to this Saudiization policy, you know, we spoke about it previously, at least a few times. They want jobs there to belong to Saudis, not to Pakistanis or Egyptians or Nigerians or 
other non-Saudis. They want Saudiization of the labor force. Towards that end, a notice went up this past week that they need 20,000 taxi drivers. They need 20,000 Saudi taxi drivers and then preferably females. This is in their notice. And they mention a couple of taxi drivers, female taxi drivers taking Mu'tamirin and Hujjaj in Mecca and here and there, etc. What else do we have as a consequence or a result of that Saudi kingdom poisoning the Muslim peoples? In that general area, we have in the past year, solar year, 2019, 29,000 Zionist Yehudis who have illegally, offensively gone into Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. 29,000 in this past year. Why, why doesn't this become a major news item? Why does this not circulate in the Muslim public mind? You know, we have some people who are in charge of the media. Why don't they flash this type of information periodically to the Muslims of the world? Why is this silence? The uh, Speaker of the House here says she, Pelosi, says she doesn't think as a consequence of what the President did, there's going to be more stability and more peace in that tormented region of the world, in the Muslim East. This doesn't come from a Muslim, it doesn't come from a radical, it doesn't come from some type of uh, leftist or whatever you want to call those who disagree with American foreign policy. Another official who used to be in the White House before the current occupant of the White House in the Obama administration he says that the assassination that took place last week in Iraq is going to set that area on fire. A foreign minister, I don't want to mention the name, a foreign minister in an Islamic Republic said that they are pursuing now international legal channels. Here we go again. It reminds me of the late Mr. Arafat. 
pursuing international legal channels. As a consequence to the assassination that took place last week. The Pentagon has canceled military exercises with Morocco because of what ha if the Middle East as they call it is more stable now than it was before why, why are you canceling a military exercise on the high seas or strictly among the militaries of two allied countries it goes to show you their own contradictions and last but not least I want to make a remark during the funeral ceremonies that took place this week in the Islamic Republic the Imam in the Islamic Republic which some Muslims still up until this day don't have what it takes to just combine those two words the Imam in the Islamic Republic you know leaders of countries they speak the language of their people people in Iran speak Farsi and obviously he spoke Farsi but in addition to that he spoke the language of the Quran he also spoke in Arabic you think about this for a small moment and compare it to the decision makers the leaders the president the kings in other Muslim countries they take pride if there's an interview or there's some type of speech that they want to give they'll speak in Arabic many of them will read they can't speak from their mind because they don't have a mind they'll read a script in Arabic and then show off by saying something in French or in English here they are this is the language of the Quran and the Prophet and they show off by throwing in a word or a sentence in another language and we here we have an Imam who speaks obviously the language of his own people but if he dare go to another language it is the language of Allah and his Prophet Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ijtinaabah wala taj'alhu multabisan alayna waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama ربنا إننا سمعنا مناديا ينادي للإيمان 
أن آمنوا بربكم فآمنا ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد اللهم بارك على محمد وآل محمد كما صليت وباركت على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقم الصلاة Allah, 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 Allah,